What is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to the Peter Skaronsky episode of the Triple Option Podcast, aka episode <laughs> 11. What's going on, guys? It's good. What's up, guys? So, yeah, the first round of the NFL draft um, just finished up last night. We're kind of midway through the second round at the moment, so you might get some live reactions, especially when the Giants pick. Tom's probably going to say something about it. Um, we'll touch a, maybe a little bit about those at the end. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to go through 1 through 31 and just kind of give our thoughts and opinions on how the draft turned out. Um, and, yeah, we'll just basically get started. Bryce Young, number one, to Carolina. Did we think anything else was going to happen? Nope, not at this point. No, he was the best quarterback, and it just seemed, like, so likely. I mean, originally it did seem like Stroud, like, a month ago. And then the past, mm-hmm. like, week, it was just like Bryce Young's a lock to go one. And, like, there was yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. I, I Like, if you honestly... Like, day one, NFL season, is he already the second-best quarterback in the division? Uh, So, Derek Carr's one. Ritter and... And uh, Baker? Is he I, better than both? I yeah. Put Br- yeah, I put Bryce Young, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that obviously uh, would get, like, a very high grade from us. Like, they took the best quarterback, um, and you need one. And then they added a wide receiver in the second round. So, we'll, we'll see if they continue to add assets around... Uh, Bryce Young as well. So uh, CJ shot at two was a little bit of a surprise, but not really. I guess if you look back on it, there was so much like smokescreen around it. Could it be Levis? Could it be Anderson? Could it be a trade down? It ends up going Stroud, which I feel like, Dom, you were on that like the whole way. Yeah, I think the Texans might have had the best smokescreen I've ever seen in a while because they seriously convinced everybody they were taking defense. Um, I shouldn't say everybody though. I was always on the CJ Stroud train. I, ne- I never wavered from that. But like I, all I the taking Will Anderson, well, they did, but not a two. <laughs> <laughs> all the insiders, all the analysts, all the draft experts were seriously putting either Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson at two, and it just never added up to me. And clearly, the Texans felt the same way. Like if you're picking second overall and you have a guy like CJ Stroud on the board, like you take him. He he's your guy, and they made that uh, their clear priority here. Yeah. And Tom, you were on that too the whole way. CJ shouted too. Yeah, in the beginning, like when we, I think we did our first mock draft, I had him at one, and then like Dom said, over the last couple weeks, it was just Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. So mm-hmm. might as well just um, slot him in at one, and then put Stroud at two. Yeah, because there was the thing after his pro day where like McCown was there, and he's like talking to Stroud, and everyone's like, okay, they love Stroud. And I wonder if like the whole way it was always Bryce Young, and then this just happens every year where people get bored of mocking Young to Carolina or Young to the number one pick, and then we got to get like kind of crazy towards the. The draft. So this kind of coincides with number three as Houston ends up trading back up from 12, the pick they got from the Deshaun Watson trade, to take Will Anderson, the best defensive player in this draft. And honestly, I kind of don't love it. Like, I love getting Will Anderson and CJ Stroud, but I feel like just giving up multiple picks to get just like one individual guy at the top is really just not the best way to build out your franchise as you have so many holes given on this roster. Like Anderson and Stroud are going to be so much fun, but it definitely seems like there was some, like definitely a disagreement between ownership and like the coaching staff with these picks. I could definitely see that. Like, you know, like at the service, like they got Stroud and Anderson, but at the end of the day, it's like they gave up a future one. And I think, was it a two this year or a two next year? Like those picks both might be in the first 10 of the round, like very, very strong possibility. So... I do kind of see your point there and like not able to build out your franchise. They could definitely use some more assets on rookie contracts for high picks uh, next year and years to come. Might be a lineman that Stroud might need, <laughs> but um, you know, Anderson better hope he's the next miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. The one yeah. thing I know, like you guys are saying the Texans might have like a super high pick next year, which I mean, they're not really, they're not a great team. So they most likely will, but they also play in a division with the Colts who we don't fully know what's going on with the Colts. The Titans are kind of on the downward slope. Like the Texans, they'll also have an easy schedule based on how like the schedule matchup works because they came in last place this year. Like they might just luck themselves into like five or six wins next year, and then they would like be picking right around I don't know like, like 9, 10, ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah. So like if if you want to get your CJ Stroud and your Will Anderson, like these are two top notch prospects. Um, I kind of wish the Cardinals stayed just to get Will Anderson because I think he really is that elite of a talent. But the fact that the Texans were able to move from 12 to 3, I mean, it caught us off all by surprise. Like, we kept hearing Titans maybe at a 3 or just, like, some other random team. The Texans, I never really thought were going to make this trade, to be honest. Yeah, and I was surprised that the Texans ended up giving up um, their first-round pick next year and not uh, Cleveland's. I was really shocked by that because there's a way where this Texan season can go south and they they just gave up the fifth overall pick next year for Will Anderson, which 
will look back on terrible because like they could have stayed at 12 like this is obviously hindsight jackson said the jigba would have been there they could have added him with stroud they would have kept their second round pick they could have taken somebody like keanu benton or maybe even looked at another offensive skill position player there in the early second round in which the cardinals i believe traded down from that pick but yeah i don't know uh i feel like there was definitely some uh disagreements between who like D'Amico ryan's wanted and probably will anderson and then who ownership wanted in cj stroud so tom you can lead off with uh Anthony Richardson going forward to the Colts. Uh, you were in uh, shock I, with that. Yeah, no, I had him mocked four all the way. Um, but I don't realize now that uh, AFC South is three rookies and Trevor Lawrence. It's yeah. Levis, Richardson, and Stroud. And Lawrence seems to be, you know, obviously just miles ahead of the rest of them just because he's already an ascending star with two years under his belt. But solid pick for the Colts. I think he should have been the guy all the way through. Um, the ceiling's there. Just hopefully... Um, the new coach Shane Steichen can um, coach him up and did it what hurts. Hopefully, he can help Bruce out the same way. Do you think Richardson starts right away? Or like, what do you think? What do you no, think? As the number one right? Anthony Richardson fan, what no, do you they got a Gardner Minshew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I think Minshew probably gets like. I think it's it's not going to be like a, like a week thirteen, week fourteen thing. Like when they just to make it easy, like when Malik Willis came in for the injury. I think injured Tannehill last year. Um, I think it's going to wind up being like a week five or six thing. I think it's going to be like they're going to really? start. Um, I mean, maybe like a midseason thing. Maybe like a, they play eight games and they're like maybe three and five or two and six. And it's like, you know, might as well yeah. give the kid a shot. Yeah, and they have a good offense set up like around him. So like if Michael Pittman yeah. is able to like be a good safety blanket and they obviously have Jonathan Taylor, like the offense is in a good spot. But he's still just such like a project at quarterback. Like, yeah, he's so raw. I don't know if he's yeah, I don't know if he's gonna be ready this year. If they throw him in there, it might look like it might honestly look like Justin Fields of two years ago where he was just thrown out there and it was just like not good whatsoever. Yeah. Well, only time will tell and you gotta you gotta put him out there to see what he can do. But it's uh That's fair. I mean I I'm excited to watch him. I think he's a sick athlete. I think he's um gonna be good and hopefully that um new coach and get their best out of him yeah he's definitely gonna be like the most used player in madden but just like looking back and obviously it's hindsight here but like i had levis going to the colts at four which i'm sure they were on um and they were probably the team that was the highest on levis compared to the rest of the teams obviously since he didn't go in the first round but like steve shaken like they threw up the whole comparison oh he like had the dual threat and hurts the whole time and they were succeed or they were able to succeed there I guess like just those are the things you think about, and that's why they went Richardson over Levis probably at the end of the day, just because he fits the system a little bit more. The one thing, I mean, everyone just keeps talking about Hurts and everything, and I know Hurts was like a second-round pick in the NFL draft. Like, mm-hmm. he was still like a Heisman finalist. He was still like playing in national championships. Like, he he was much, um, like just looking at it in hindsight, he was much more complete than Anthony Richardson is in this moment. So, like, it might take a lot of work for the Colts to really get him to like hit that level. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like, because they had obviously three like guys who were clear cut above him, like with Burrow, Herbert, and Tua. There was no more quarterbacks in that draft, right? And then Jordan Love in that draft too. Oh, yeah, went later. Okay, yeah. So I, I yeah, it's kind of weird like, looking back on that. But who the Giants just take? He's now as a pick right now. My TV's on mute. Uh, oh, I got, I got it. You might like it. He's. I feel like he's like a like oh, let's go. favorite pick. Yeah. That's the, all right. There we go. Nice little live reaction. Who is it? John Michael Schmitz. <laughs> oh, that's a good. Pick. Uh, John Michael Schmitz. Let's go. All right. You guys got a little live reaction there. So, uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll get into, like, the Giants pick later on and who they got in the first round. I'm sure we kind of all love that pick. But, uh, yeah, we got Devon Weatherspoon going to the Seattle Seahawks with the fifth overall pick. They get basically the top cornerback in this draft. Um, and then we'll get into it with the Lions because they definitely took the player that the Lions want. And I think, yeah, like, great pick for Seattle. Uh, I don't really think there's probably too much to say. They just get a stud corner that they could pair up with Tariq Woolen and kind of have that new Legion of Boom over there in Seattle. Yeah, I was I was taken off guard by it just because I thought Seattle was going to focus on like the D line because their secondary like wasn't too bad last year. But I mean, if you can pair up Witherspoon with um, Tariq Woolen, it's going to be a really good uh, pairing. So I guess it was a good pick. Yeah, super solid for their um, secondary now. I mean, they got two. I mean, Tariq Woolen's a stud and uh, looking like Devon Witherspoon is going to be very good as well. So. Yeah, we all like what Seattle did. And then, uh, Dom, lead us off with uh, how you feel about Paris Johnson. I feel like trading down all the way to 12 and then going back up to get Paris Johnson is probably one of the best-case scenarios for them. Yeah, so overall, the Cardinals make two trades. They went from 3 to 12 and then back up to 6. So essentially, they went from 3 to 6, and they also got an additional first-round pick and third-round pick. So, I mean, 
pretty good return to move down just three spots overall. And it seems like Paris Johnson Jr. was like their number one guy. I saw reports they were thinking of taking him at three. So, I mean, taking him at six is great. Um, they don't need like a tackle right now. Uh, DJ Humphreys and uh, I believe Beecham's their other tackle are both still under contract. So he might like sit a year. Some people are saying he might play guard. I don't think he's ever once played guard, so and you just can't move a guy like that. But overall, I think like he's he played a, right guard in his like one year in college. Yeah, um, so like maybe he can slide in short term, but I mean long term, I love the pick. I thought he was the best tackle in the draft, and I've I don't know if I've said it on the pod before. I've definitely said it off the pod, but if you draft an offensive lineman from Ohio State, like you're set. Like you don't really need to tell me anything more. If if I see Ohio State and offensive line, like he's gonna be a good player. So I think the Cardinals made a good pick here for uh, protecting Kyler Murray and improving the run game as well. Yeah, and and he I uh, uh, did play 13 years right guard in 2021. But I agree. Like you, you you he's he was he was offensive tackle one like from the jump. And great pick by the Cardinals. They acquired more draft capital to get the guy they wanted to protect their quarterback. All around great. Can't complain whatsoever. New coaching staff gets. Uh, Stud offensive tackle to protect Kyler. Yeah, you guys pretty much um, said all you needed to say about Paris Johnson. Great pick there. Protect Kyler down the line and keeps him happy. So uh, we got Tyree Wilson going to the Raiders at seven. There was kind of, uh, I feel like, some hype about him going either possibly two to Houston, possibly three to Arizona. He ends up falling to seven to, uh, to Vegas due to possibly having an injury that could sideline him for the start of the 2023 season. But I feel like this was, uh, like not a sexy pick, but you know, I think good value for, for Vegas. Maybe they had some other holes on their roster. They were going to go secondary, but with maybe they didn't love Christian Gonzalez. Um, but yeah, they get Tyree Wilson with the seventh overall pick. I think it was a great pick. I think they really need to work on the D line and just him and Max Crosby together are going to be really good. The only thing that kind of scares me with Tyree Wilson is he played in the Big 12 and his stats, like just his stats weren't great overall. And I know you shouldn't look at stats when trying to project a player, but it is just something to notice that he didn't really light up the world statistically, but from a pure athlete standpoint, I mean, he's 6'6", 270. He's, he's the perfect build for an edge rusher. So I think the Raiders are happy with their pick. Yes, but he summed it up very well. Yeah. Um, so we'll go into Atlanta at eight who take Bijan Robinson um, I hate this pick. I, I honestly don't hate taking Bijan here. Obviously, at eight, like it's high for a running back. Uh, we've seen it before. There's gonna be the talks how it's such an under uh, or it's a devalued position. You don't take one here because they're easily easily replaceable. I just hate that it's Atlanta. They were one of the best rushing teams last year with uh, Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier. They have so many holes on this roster, and I know Bijan's such a sexy player and such a good like generational running back. I just wish it was a team maybe that like Philly or hey, maybe even Detroit ended up taking a running back. Just like, I feel like, I don't know, like Atlanta didn't need a running back. They had so many other holes on their roster. Yeah, I think Jalen Carter should be the pick 10 times out of 10 here. But I think every pick after maybe Anderson could have been Jalen Carter. <laughs> or I guess after Richardson. Yeah, I guess it just depend, uh, depended if the teams like liked uh carter's off the field issues or they felt comfortable investing millions of dollars into him which i feel like detroit definitely didn't after trading down um because he fell to them at six there i feel like vegas is a team that would take jalen carter like that's them like they don't mind that stuff and then <laughs> no, they, they ended up they not learned their him. lessons <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. That. uh i mean i kind of just like hate the Bijan pick like overall like you just don't draft running backs high and you both mentioned how much they love running the ball last year. So the only logical thing I can think of is if they really do want to run the ball 30 times this year where Bijan's going to get 18 carries a game, Tyler Algier is going to get another 10 carries, and then Cordell Patterson's going to play like wide receiver and get like five carries a game. Like that's the only way I can see this working, whereas if they go full run heavy 70% of the time, which if they do that, it might work out. But like like Matt mentioned, there's so many holes in this offense that I think they could have uh, repaired instead of getting another running back. But if they're going all in with the rushing game, I guess it doesn't hurt to get one of the best running backs we've seen in a long, long time. I agree, but a way to think about that, like you are saying, like you know, if they really just want to go all in in the run game, they just invested the fourth overall pick and the ninth overall pick in a receiver and a tight end the last two years. Like, I think, I mean, I I think it's kind of weird to like and then like like like. I guess they clearly are going to a run-heavy offense, changing it up, but like they have so much capital invested in the receivers. Yeah, well, now their entire offense is set because they'll have the two running backs on the field, one wide receiver, one tight end, and Cordell Patterson <laughs> playing wherever he wants to play. So like, Yeah, and then Desmond <laughs> missing all five of them. <laughs> so they're all yeah. set now. 
I guess, yeah, if, if Ritter sucks, they could just run the ball. Yeah, like you said, 70% of hey, the Taylor game. Hey, Taylor Heineke. Don't sleep on Taylor Heineke. Or, or yeah, Heineke, geez. I guess the division yeah. is wide open, too, so who knows? They're probably going to be playing in some meaningful games in, in November and December. Uh, this pains me to say, but the Eagles, I mean, if everything checks out with him, like they take one of the best players in the draft there at nine. It's one of the best picks being made. Jalen Carter to Philadelphia, pairing him up with already Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis, and then we'll get to who they took at uh, 30 later on. But this is just a home run pick for Philly. Uh, they trade up, I believe, from 10 to nine. They give up, uh, I think, it, I don't know if it was this year's fourth or next year's fourth, but home run pick for Howie Roseman and the Eagles. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's so weird. Like the Bears, like when they were they were the first pick. It's like if the Bears don't trade it, who are they gonna take? Anderson or Carter? Like that was the two guys that they're gonna take. But now it's like he fell their lap at nine, and the guy was still there. And they didn't they trade back one spot. Like I feel like maybe they loved Darnell Wright, but I'm like I just feel like there was better guys out there. Like I guess they had other needs, but uh, I don't know. I I, I feel like that's kind of like a swing and a miss here by Chicago to not take Jalen Carter, but maybe they were wanting to play it safe. Yeah, Tom, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, they already got Carolina's pick next year. They already got DJ Moore. They already got other picks. Like, they, they did everything. They acquired everything that they possibly could have and still could have got the guy that some people thought was the number one talent and then just exactly. said, nah, we're good. Yeah. Like, Trade back one they, spot to acquire a fourth-round pick. Yeah, so like I, I really don't know unless unless the Bears seriously don't like Jalen Carter and maybe three years from now we'll all be proven wrong and he's just not that good. I it doesn't look like that though, but I mean the Eagles, the rich just get richer here. Like you win you win the NFC with one of the best defenses we've ever seen and then you get Jalen Carter to just add on to that D line. Like it's kind of insane. Yeah, the Eagles are just going to be absolutely stacked next year. Um, and, yeah, like you said, Tom, like just imagine like trading down from 1 to 9 and you get the player that you could have gotten at pick 1, at pick 9. Like, that would have just been, like... It would have been, like, this guy's a genius. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Poles, right? Yeah, Ryan Poles. Yeah. So that, I guess, leads us into Chicago at 10. They take Darnell Wright. Don't hate the pick, honestly. I guess Wright ends up going a little bit higher than people uh, mocked him to be. But, you know what? You get a tackle um, to protect... Uh, Justin Fields, and they end up taking right over Skaronsky, probably due to the, like, I guess Skaronsky's arm size, and maybe they didn't view uh, Skaronsky as a pure tackle. But I feel like, you know what, if you were going to pass up on Carter, we should go for a premier position to protect your quarterback in right at the tackle spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's just, the pick did surprise me at the time, but they took the highest offensive tackle on their board. They want to give Fields all the help they can. All right, that's their plan. <laughs> like, you know, got to see how it plays out. The only thing that scares me a little bit is that I'm pretty sure Darnell Wright only played right tackle in college, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to move from right to left tackle. Like it's it's one of those things where you think it's easy, but switching sides. Yeah, usually it, it's the opposite. Yeah, it can it can complicate things. So if they want him to be their left tackle, it might be a little bit of a learning curve. But if they want him to just play right tackle for them, then he's gonna fill in and probably be great. I mean, he shut down so many SEC defensive ends where he'll probably be a great pick. But in the long run, like, they probably could have had Jalen Carter, so I don't want to harp back on that. But it's one of those things where, like, they got a good player, but they maybe passed on an even better player. Yeah. Definitely, I agree. Well, we shall see. Yeah. And then Tennessee at number 11, they take probably, uh, for their fan base, probably didn't like it, but they take Skaronsky. Peter Skaronsky at a Northwestern. People had him as the second-best offensive lineman in this draft, and he ends up going 11-2 to uh, the Tennessee Titans, and yeah, we thought maybe they would go quarterback here. Would they end up going with Will Levis um, with the spot where they could end up trading up in the beginning of the draft to look at C.J. Stroud? They stay here, and you know what? Since they end up getting Levis in the second round, I they, it makes this pick look a lot better because now they kind of look smart if they were going to take him originally at 11. They didn't do that. They get Skaronsky, and now they have him and Levis for their future. Yeah, solid on there, and I think Titans walked out with what the I guess where we're at now at pick sixty. It's uh, just got selected. I think that the Titans are sitting very well. I'm glad the Titans didn't take Levis here just to take a quarterback. Like they were able to take a guy that they clearly thought was worth it, and then they and then he fell into their lap later on, which I think works out perfectly for them. But I'm I was glad to see a team not just take a quarterback just to fill a need when it's not a full need because you still have Tanhill for at least a year. So. Skronsky, I mean, everyone says he could play tackle and guard, so it should be a good uh, versatile pick for them. Yeah, solid. For sure. And then this gets into probably the pick that had the most hate on draft night, and people are like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) The Lions trade down from 6 to 12. Or no, they, yeah, they traded down from 6 to 12, and they end up taking Jimmy... 
Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, a running back, a position they'll need that they just didn't like have to fill. Like they signed David Montgomery, they invested a high pick on DeAndre Swift a few years ago. They had some holes on their D line in their secondary, maybe even grab another receiver, but no, they ended up going with Jameer Gibbs out of Bama, who maybe wasn't even supposed to be in the first round till the last couple of days, got a lot of hype to go at the end of the first. And yeah, definitely the most shocking pick of the first round. Definitely the most shocking pick of the first round, to put it uh, plainly. I feel like they already they had pick 18, too. Like I feel like he definitely would have been there at 18. I agree. And they were telling people that, oh, like he wasn't going to be there at 18, so we had to like make a move on it, and that was probably just a lie. Yeah, because I'm sure the teams with um, uh, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the commanders maybe would have drafted him. And maybe. then with Ramondre Stevenson, something's telling me they probably could have gotten him. <laughs> right. I was just going to say, like, maybe at that point, just take Jalen Carter at 6 and then trade up from 18 to, like, 15 or something. You could have done that. Yeah, and this will probably lead to them now trading DeAndre Swift. Like, there's no reason to use a first-round pick on Gibbs to pay Montgomery money this offseason and then to hold on to DeAndre Swift for the next two years and then have to pay him again. So, like, he's definitely getting shipped out sometime. He might be shipped out by the time this is, comes out. Who really knows? But it seems like his time in Detroit's over. Yeah, almost certainly. I think he might even get traded before the draft's over, like for a day three pick. But listen, the Lions, if they're gonna turn him into a, a workhorse, Jameer Gibbs, and he winds up getting like that, like that prime Austin Eckler type role with the with the very heavy receiving back, Kamara maybe. Listen, and he, and he wins them games. All the power to him. Yeah, so that moves into, we'll stay in the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers take Lucas Van Ness there with the 13th overall pick in the draft. This just seemed like a typical Packers pick. I wasn't yeah, really surprised. Just, do not miss a beat. And it, I, I guess it wasn't like the whole her weeks were like, oh, it's going to be a slap in the face of Rodgers. They're going to take a weapon. No, they just took the same thing they always take, like a, a Big Ten linebacker, edge rusher. Like, I feel like it's always what it is. Actually, it takes over Georgia last year, but mm-hmm. it's just like a defensive position that isn't directly related to the quarterback. Yeah, like at what point do we just say the Packers are just always going to draft defense and just ignore wide receivers? Like at this point, it just seems like it's the franchise philosophy. So I don't know why. Like we all fell for it this year. We were all predicting like Dalton Kincaid or Jackson Smith and the Jig, but like we thought some skill player was going here because we just assumed, oh, this would be the year. Maybe they're just never going to do it. Like maybe they just have it written down on like the top of their like office. Like this is our philosophy, draft defense, draft more defense and then draft like alignment every now and then. And then a quarterback when you ha- when you need a quarterback 4 years from now. Like that's their yeah. philosophy to go with. <laughs> it's like the the that movie drafting where he has that card in his wallet where it's like Vontae Mack no matter what. This will be like not a wide receiver no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Um, no, I agree there on that side. And we'll see what Green Bay kind of does next year if they're going to even be in playoff contention with Jordan Love as their starting quarterback. Um, right after this, the Pittsburgh Steelers ended up trading up from the uh, 17th overall pick with New England. I was hoping that they were trading up to maybe take Christian Gonzalez because they desperately needed a corner. And some people had Christian Gonzalez as their cornerback one. And I thought this would have just been an absolute insane steal to get him at 14. They trade up though to get Broderick Jones, another position of need, an offensive tackle. They jumped the Jets who were most likely going to take him. And Jones did a phenomenal job in his uh, past two years at Georgia, leading that team in their rushing game um, to have one of the better rushing seasons, dominating the SEC. Uh, he's very young and he He's just continuing to get better. I think this was a really good pick by Pittsburgh just because you invested at a premium position, offensive tackle, protect Kenny Pickett, improve the O-line for Najee Harris. I really like the Steelers, and they didn't have to give up too much either to move up to this slot. Yeah, I think it, I think they had to move up just because you already mentioned it. I think the Jets were like going to take him right yeah. at 15. So I think the moment I saw them leapfrog the Jets, I thought it was clear as day they were taking Broderick Jones. And like you said, they could have went cornerback. Um, but we'll get on that a little bit later. They were still able to fit that need later because the offensive tackle did drop off at here after uh, Jones. Yeah, solid pick by the Steelers. I love the trade up. Like Dom said, like once you saw him uh, trade up like three spots, you knew like they wanted um, probably an offensive tackle because the Jets were almost sure going to take Broderick Jones. And I think it's a very solid prospect. Georgia offensive tackles. Yeah, for sure. And like, because the Jets, like, they have Dwayne Brown, who always gets hurt. They have Makai Becton, who seems to always get hurt always as well. Always gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, are they going to ask Elijah Vera Tucker to bump out to, like, tackle? Uh, this would have been a great pick for the Jets because they would have just had more depth at the offensive line position, which you can always have enough of, or you can never have enough of, I should say. Um, so we'll go on here to the Jets at 15, who the Steelers jump. They take Will McDonald, an edge rusher. Uh, they take him over 
Nolan Smith. Um, this was a little bit of a shocker. Definitely a first-round player who was supposed to go in the first round. I was just a little shocked to hear his name called um, at pick 15. Yeah, I think Nolan Smith, maybe just because the hype he got like, since the since the combine, but um, I think it was it was Douglas Rosales said it. They said, we're, nev- we're never going to reach um, for a need. So that let him believe that they had Will McDonald high on their list and honestly respect them for sticking to their guns and taking their guy no matter what and not panicking when a team jumped them to take the guy who was probably one on their board at that time. So if they like Will McDonald, then you know see how they can get him going. They have a lot of edge rushers and a lot of defensive linemen, but I think Carl Lawson's probably on his way out next year, so they'll let Will McDonald uh, run free um, against the co- opposing quarterbacks and offensive tackles next year. Yeah, I kind of thought once once Broderick Jones wasn't available for the Jets, I honestly thought they were going to go wide receiver because yeah, if you've I've mentioned if if everyone's realized we haven't mentioned one wide receiver yet, which shocked all of us that at this pick there still were every wide receiver available. So I thought they could have went that way, but I mean, they, Tom said it, they liked, <clears throat> they liked Will McDonald. So it was a good pick for them. If they, if they like their guy, they like their guy and time will tell if they're right or not. They sort of in a fun Dalton Kincaid spot as well, but um, just add another weapon for Rogers. Uh, then we had one of the, I think like the worst picks uh, in the draft um, taking um, crazy. Yeah. For the commanders taking Emmanuel Forbes at 16 when Christian Gonzalez is right there. And maybe they like the scheme fit of Forbes who was also supposed to be, um, a first round pick as well. I just, I, I don't know. I didn't like this for Washington to take him over Gonzalez and they ended up doing that. They could have also possibly traded down and still have gone Forbes. Uh, did you guys like this pick at all? Or were you guys not too big of a fan? No, I think we look who went next. I think it's like, really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't have a problem with this pick. Like I think Washington needed a cornerback. I thought Forbes was going to go in like the early 20s anyway so yes Christian Gonzalez was still available but like maybe he's just not the guy like maybe the media was just pumping him up a little bit more and like teams realized he's not as good as it seems maybe I don't know it's one of those things like I still like Emmanuel Forbes yes the guy that was taken after him might be better than him but I mean I still thought he was worthy of going right around 16 like if Christian Gonzalez went pick 15 and Emmanuel Forbes went 16 you really would have no issue then with this pick probably right it's no, just the fact that not. the opportunity that was there, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, sometimes you have to, like, take advantage of things that you don't expect to be there. Like, I doubt the Titans thought that Levis was going to be there now. That's fair. Well, Dom, would you have taken Emmanuel Forbes here, or would you have taken Deontay Banks here? Oh, I would have took, took Deontay Banks. He's my he's my CB1. We'll get to him in a little bit. But I think, <laughs> I'm excited I think he's... Yeah, I think he might be the best corner in the draft, so I would have took him here. <laughs> oh, Marvin Mims just went to the Broncos, their first pick in the draft. Jerry, Jerry, Judy, you have been traded. <laughs> yeah, they slapped him with the, uh, the the Emmanuel Sanders player comp. Oh, my God. Uh, we had the Lions with their second first-round pick. They take Jack Campbell, an off-ball linebacker here with the 18th overall pick. A lot of people weren't liking this one um, as much either, uh, just because maybe they were thought Detroit could go D-line here. Kalaja can't see. Maybe they can go corner here um, with Deontay Banks um, or... Yeah, or they, or no, I accidentally skipped Christian Gonzalez, my bad. So Christian Gonzalez went 17th to the Pats. They traded down with the Steelers. This is, we'll, we'll just briefly touch on this because we did mention him. But yeah, like, great pick here, good value. And they traded down to get Gonzalez as well, who is most people's cornerback too in the draft. Yeah, it could, it could just be another Bill Belichick fleece. Yeah. Like, it, it'll be like that the, in the 2020 draft when, like, Belichick left his desk and his dog was sitting there and, like, he was probably just giggling behind the camera. He's like, look, yeah. my dog's on TV. That picture's still hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, I was shocked they didn't take like a D two or like a Division two center here with this pick. Yeah, like or like, or like, a, or like a defensive back from like um like uh, Division Post. three. Yeah, that like that used to play like a different sport and, and played football for one year. Right. Um. Yeah, but this was a great pick by uh, New England, and then I briefly went into uh, Jack Campbell on the Lions, and probably not uh, a lot of people's favorite pick here. Would you guys have, or like Dom, would you have won Campbell here, or would you have kind of looked at maybe even Banks? I didn't think Campbell was going to go in the first round, so I wouldn't have here. I think the Lions just have so much more needs along the defensive line and the secondary, and they took a running back and a linebacker with their first two picks. So, I mean, maybe maybe they have a plan that I don't know of, but it seems like they went in a different direction than a lot of people were expecting. Yeah, definitely different direction, but one thing to think of, and like looking like now since we have like this um hindsight here the lions wound up getting brian branch at 45 which is really 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 good like i would have if they would have taken branch at 18 it would have been like that's a fantastic pick if they would have took him at 12 i would have said maybe they could have traded back a couple spots but i still would it would have been like all right you know 
they love him as he's a solid talent. Like, but they got him at forty five, so they wound up uh, they want to come back around. And if you wanted, if you said no first round for Campbell, like if you flip flop him and Branch, you're not batting an eye. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. And one thing I want to mention with Campbell, uh, he's from Iowa. I think in our first mock, I had the Lions taking Lucas Van Ness just because I can picture like Dan Campbell just getting like some gritty kid from Iowa onto his team. So like. This is, I guess, it's the same methodology here where they're getting just like this gritty linebacker from Iowa. So, I, I guess the Lions had a plan. They stuck to it. It was a little different than I thought, but it was close <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, so they uh, go with Campbell there with the 18th overall pick. Led us into now Tampa, who take Elijah Canty with the 19th overall pick. I didn't really think Tampa was going to be a Canty team, and they end up taking him. Um, I'm excited to see what Todd Bowles can do with him. Um, just him playing in that system and. Yeah, uh, can't see. I feel like there's a solid value there at 19. I mean, we'll see how Tampa is this year with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I thought maybe they would also go Will Levis here uh, just because he fell, but didn't end up happening. Yeah, it's at that spot where it's like, you might as well. You didn't think he was going to be there. You might as well take a shot and take him. But, right. you know, will we'll, we'll they have apparently uh, the Aaron Donald player comp in uh, can't see. So, uh, we'll see I wonder why. Out. Yeah, because of the same height and they went to Pittsburgh. But, yeah, Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> And they, they still have Vita Vea, so like their interior D-line should be very good this year. So maybe that helps them uh, surprise a few people because, I mean, let's be honest, the Bucks don't have a lot of expectations this upcoming season. <laughs> no, not this season. No, not at all. And then, uh, yeah, so we had a run on receivers. Uh, no picks in the top 20 for wide receivers, which was very surprising, especially Denazi Jackson Smith and Jigba, who went here at 20 to the Seattle Seahawks. Love this pick for them because I feel like Lockett and Metcalf, they do have their injury history. And when they went down, uh, Seattle really didn't have that wide receiver three, that steady wide receiver three. And now getting Jackson Smith and Jigba with like Lockett getting up there in age, this is, I think, an amazing pick for Seattle. And they really, like getting quarterback one and wide receiver one in this draft, like they probably get one of my best grades. Yeah. Overall, I mean, like they, we did not think um, JSN was going to be here at this point, and they got him. So, I mean, can't complain at all. And like a, a spot where he like doesn't have a lot of like spotlight on him, just he is maybe the why he's the wide receiver with three on the team, and uh, Gino can just air it out, and um, you know, and Kenneth Walker can get his carries as well. Really solid looking offense with their two young offensive tackles. They're looking good. This pick really took me off the surprise. I did not think Seattle was going to go with a wide receiver, but when he falls into your lap, you might as well. And also Tyler Lockett is going to be 31 this year. His contract's kind of movable in the next few years, so it could be a little bit of a passing of the torch, but for at least this season, him, DK, and Geno, uh, Walker, like they're going to have a really good offense up in Seattle this year. Yeah, no, Seattle's definitely going to be fun, and we'll see if they can compete or who's going to win the division between them um, and San Fran. And then we had uh, Quinton Johnson go 21 to the Chargers. I think I mocked this, honestly, um, as well. Pair him up with Mike Williams and uh, an aging Keenan Allen who definitely doesn't have many years left in L.A. This could have been like a Jameer Gibbs spot, honestly, if he fell just because of everything going on with Eckler. But they get Johnson, who um, I th- or Johnson, who this is a great pick, I feel like, in my opinion. And you need to get those weapons to re- just kind of refunnel in the targets for Herbert as Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. Yeah, I think, like, I said this like, I think in our first video, like, I think Keenan Allen is a, um, a candidate to be cut and or traded this offseason, at the very least, like, after the season. But the one thing I worry about here, like, Johnson, like, he is a very solid prospect, but I kind of wonder if he's, like, Mike Williams 2.0. Like, they're very similar in speed. They're very similar in height. Like, two guys with the same... Uh, and like Johnston body catches a lot. It's kind of like if you have two of the same guy and neither of them are like a really, you know, dynamic, like, you know, that wide receiver one kind of guy, it's like, you might wonder like what Herbert is going to be able to do with them in the coming years. Yeah. I mean, I love the pick overall just because I think Johnston's, I think he's a really good player. Like if you watch TCU this past year, he just dominated the entire season. So I like it from that aspect. I just don't know how they're going to run all three wide receivers at the same time. Like, I know Johnson can play the slot, but he's 6'3". I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen is... I don't know Keenan Allen's exact height. Yeah, and Mike Williams is also, I think, what, 6'3 or 6'4", I think? 6'4". Yeah, so they're yeah, 6'2", so like, 6'3". I don't know how they're really going to do, like, a slot receiver unless... They, I mean, whoever they have in the slot is just going to tower over the slot corner, so I guess that could be what they do. And it probably will be Johnson based on his somewhat history of running in the slot. But, I mean, overall, I think this Chargers offense... If they keep the pieces together, if they hold on to Eckler, I think this offense also could just be completely lethal this season. 
Yeah. Yeah, it gets even better. And then we had uh, Zay Flowers go 23. Um, or, yeah, this is, or no, 22, technically, right? 22. 22, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Technically, the 23rd pick is the whole uh, the forfeited pick. But yeah, 22. Um, I was kind of shocked. I didn't think Baltimore was going to take a receiver after signing Odell because they have Rashad Bateman. They obviously have Mark Andrews at the tight end spot. Maybe uh, Devin Duvernay was going to be the third receiver, and they were just funneling guys. Um, but yeah, I was kind of shocked to see Zay Flowers, and I feel like it's a good pick. I feel like you're just kind of giving more weapons for Lamar Jackson, and you just re-signed him. You're going to have Odell, Flowers, Mark Andrews, Bateman. It's a good core. It definitely is. And J.K. Dobbins around Lamar, they're going to be a fun offense next year. Yeah, I definitely think that they could uh, like make some noise here. And Zay Flowers, like he's the he's a very Ravens-like type. The, the offense they're running, like he fits in very well, like small shifty like can make people miss like Lamar makes people miss if OBJ can get back to form he makes a lot of people miss um it could just be like a lot of uh you know catching and run offense that could scare a lot of teams open space is not what you want to have with the Ravens he's Hollywood Brown 2.0 like Hollywood Brown's 5'9 180 Zay Flowers is 5'9 180 they they regret making that trade trading him away so now they have to get the guy to fill in his shoes here and yeah, they need a true wide receiver one, like you know, like uh, like if they wanted to wind up trading for D Hop, say I, I probably wouldn't work with the cap now, but somebody like that, they could really make a they could make a splash and they could wind up getting some real uh, scary looking schemes there. And then that last uh, leads us to the final pick of the receiver run, the last receiver pick of the first round. Jordan Addison goes twenty uh, third to the Minnesota Vikings. Tom, did you mock this as well with us? Because yeah, I know I Don. I, I think I did mock that. So we all mock this here. All right, I guess we'll take that this late in the draft. I did not expect four receivers to go in a row, and it made sense after they uh, ended up cutting Adam Thielen uh, just a few uh, or a few months ago. So I, I feel like this pick was expected for the Vikings. Now you have like two insane um, route runners with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, and uh, I thought maybe this could also be a Levis pick just because Kirk Cousins getting up there in age. But they go Addison out of USC. Yeah. Also, I'm looking at mock right now. I did not know this however i had uh johnson to the, to the chargers and i had Kansi to the bucks there you that's go that's three that's three little uh mid late round <laughs> picks that i was not expecting to hit on but there we go i know i think in my last one i had addison and johnson flipped because i just kept addison in la i think that's what i wound up doing oh you're I gonna kept do johnson that. in the purple i think that's what i did <laughs> it's a good it was a good spot to take addison i think like with the departure of adam thielen the Vikings need to take one more one more shot at, you know, trying to make a, a little playoff run there. And they couldn't just have Justin Jefferson be the only guy on that offense with uh, Dalvin Cook looking like he's taking a little bit of a decline. God damn it. I'm looking back on it. I had Deontay Banks going to the Chargers, not Quinn Johnson. Ugh. My mock was so bad. It could have been so good, honestly. I did have... I did have Jordan Addison, the Vikings, and I also had Joey Porter Jr. to the Ravens at 22, so I'm very happy that didn't happen. All right, so uh, we have the Giants picking here at 24. They traded up. They took Deontay Banks. Tom, how we feel about this pick? I love the pick. Um, I know Dom loves it, too. He is a great athlete. I, I saw a graphic today. He was, I think it was like 98th percentile in corners for athleticism, but his vertical, his wingspan, his 10-yard shuttle – and um, one more metric. They were all just immediately just first on the team in in corners. Like they like he's has great metrics, and I'm very excited for uh, what he's going to be. And I think a great pick by Joe Shane because he did not allow himself to get jumped. He knew that the Jaguars didn't want that pick because the Jaguars trade back next again. So you knew they didn't want the pick. He said, "I want my guy. I'm gonna get my guy." So good move from him. Yeah, I love this pick for the yeah. Giants. Great great pick for the Giants. Like, I, I touched on it before, but I think Deontay Banks, you might look back on it and just, he might be that guy that was taken in, like, the 20s where you're just like, how did every team pass on him? It's could be one of those I guys. I hope that's how it is. That'd be dope. And if I'm wrong, no one's going to remember, so it doesn't really matter, so I can just shoot my shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win. Maybe even a better pick at 25, the Buffalo Bills get tight end one in this draft. Dalton Kincaid with Gabriel Davis' stock uh, chopping and definitely not great for Dawson Knox with this pick. You just get one of the best uh, receivers in this draft just like out of a pure skill set and just like an amazing receiving tight end um, with this pick as just another weapon for Josh Allen. I'm sipping the 
the Dalton Kincaid Kool-Aid. I'm very high on him. He was just so much fun to watch at Utah uh, with Cam Rising there in the Pac-12 where just no defense is being played whatsoever. But it, <laughs> I think it was just a great pick by Buffalo here to uh, give Allen another receiving weapon. Yeah, solid playmaker here. Um, he, I think the knock on him was his blocking, but I think they use him as more of a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they, they do need a receiver. I mean, they needed a pass catcher. Didn't have to be a receiver. You know, Kincaid also is a solid weapon. So if the Bills get it done that way, they get it done that way. Yeah, and just taking a quick look at Dawson Knox's contract, he he's going to be a Bill for at least the next three seasons. So he, I, it, it's possible it's possible that the Bills just move to like a like a twenty one offense and they just start running two tight ends, two wide receivers the whole time. Which mm-hmm. I mean, they have the pieces to do it now, so it could be yeah. uh, could be one thing to, to be. For sure. Um, and then we had Dallas, who I was surprised maybe didn't go Michael Mayer here. Maybe they, uh, well, Buffalo did trade up to get Dalton Kincaid. Maybe that's who Dallas wanted here with the with the 26th pick. They take um, Maisie Smith out of Michigan. And this is a solid pick, not a sexy one. And that's basically what we could say about it. Yeah, I, and I, Jerry Jones, the thing he did, he did last year where he, it was the Tyler Smith pick where he, like, uh where he like made sure that he everybody knew that Tyler Smith was like his tackle one or his tackle two. He did, he think he did the same thing with Maisie Smith this year. He had like fifth on his big board or something or like some very high ranking and like made sure to tell everybody. I think you guys mentioned it. Like it's just a D tackle. You're not you're not gonna see him on the statue too much, but he'll he'll make an impact for them and especially in their division when you have to verse the Eagles twice, you have to verse Saquon twice, like and I guess Daniel Jones too. You really gotta stop the run game, so he'll be uh It'll be a good addition for their defense. Yeah, I like the pick for Dallas. Not a sexy one, but uh, I was, I was nice, it was nice to see Smith go in the first round. Uh, we have Jacksonville, who traded a little bit. They end up taking Anton Harrison with the 27th pick. This seems just like a, a response to them losing Jawan Taylor to the Chiefs in free agency. And um, they feel a much-needed position to keep protecting Trevor Lawrence as they're looking to win the AFC South again. Yeah, it's like pretty much like the Maisie Smith pick. It's... Uh... Not a crazy, not a crazy flashy pick, but it's you know a, a pick the team needed and uh, gets the job done. Yeah, if you can get your your left tackle for the next five years late in the first round, I think it's a great value of a pick, especially with Trevor Lawrence. We assume getting a monster contract in a few years, so this will help offset that if uh, if Anton Harrison can pan out, and it looks like he will. Yeah, Bengals at 28, they go with Miles Murphy, somebody that had some top 10 hype throughout the collegiate season. He ended up falling over the last couple of months with combines and pro days. He ends up going 28 to, to Cincinnati, who maybe they would have went an offensive lineman if possible, but there's probably nobody that they would have liked here enough. So they go Murphy, try to keep rushing the passer in the AFC, um, trying to get to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Kenny Pickett, you know, the top quarterbacks in the AFC. So this is a solid pick for uh, Cincinnati, and they get a good edge rusher there, 28. Yeah, I think, like like you said, he had the top 10 hype, but obviously it was a little bit of a smokescreen um, about the top 10 hype, but... I mean, I think he's still a solid talent, especially to get him at 28. And they got Orlando Browns. They got their their tackle. Um, So, solid pick by the Bengals. And I I love Miles Murphy this late because he was the first edge rusher taken since the Jets took took McDonald at 15. So, Murphy just kept on falling and falling. He fell right into their Mm -hmm. lap. Like, he's he's definitely better than the 28th best player in this draft by far, in my opinion. So, him just falling to them, it's one of those things where none of us really thought edge rushers a real like need for them we kept saying either offensive line or secondary but when you get a guy like miles murphy just fall into your lap and we'll we'll talk about another guy just falling into your lap in a few picks from now but i think the Bengals yeah. uh did a great job here yeah uh the saints go with brian brezzi there at number 29 a little bit of a shocker to see him go after Maisie smith who um people probably probably or people had Brian um, Brezzi there ahead of him, but I think this is a solid pick for New Orleans at 29, and they didn't really mess it up too much. And you know what? Maybe in hindsight, they would have loved Will Levis and never went with Carr if they thought Will Levis would fall all the way to 29. Um, but yeah, they get this pick from... This is the Sean Payton pick, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Which is originally, what, Denver's pick from Miami, which is from San Fran? Yes. Yes. It, Jesus it's been Christ, it's this been pick has been... A little bit. Oh, it's been best around a ton. I was trying to figure out how that, how that, it took me a few, like a few minutes yesterday. I was like, how did we end up with the Saints here at 29? And then it was, then yeah, Trey, the merry-go-round. The Trey Lance to Miami, then the Bradley Chubb to Denver, 
and then the Sean Payton to New Orleans. Like that's Jesus. yeah. That's the way it went. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be crazy if this guy's like a Hall of Famer for the Saints and it's like, wow, yeah, this never should have happened. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything on uh, Brezzy there or do you want to get to Nolan Smith? No, let's jump into Nolan Smith because I just want to get this out of the way. The Eagles just had a monster draft again. Like, like are they ever going to stop? <laughs> it's like it's like Dom said no. the rich just keep getting richer. <laughs> and it's like they just executed perfectly. The Nate Sudfeld tank on Sunday Night Football of Week 17 – in 2020, has resulted in just stud after stud after stud. Um, but that was my who rant. did they get in that first round? But that um, that was they traded back that pick. They traded it. They traded it. It was the all right. So they traded the in tw- in the 2021 draft. That was the Devonta, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith because yeah. they had three. They traded back with the Niners, oh, and then they yes. traded up with the Cowboys to get Smith. So they recuperated an extra first there who was Jordan Davis last year, I want to say. And then they got the first last year, right, from the Saints to trade up to get Alave to get the Saints first this year? Yes, and then the, and that was... To yeah, end the up Saints, helping them get Jalen Carter? And wound up being Jalen Carter. Jesus. Yeah, because the, the, the draft last year, the Eagles had two picks in the teens, and then they wound up giving like both of them to the Saints for one pick last year and then the one pick this year, which turned out uh, the one pick this year was a little higher than the past two years. Yeah, and then what was this, the tampering thing with Jonathan Gannon? So they end up with, like, an extra third or something? Yeah, no, they, so the Cardinals were talking to Gannon apparently too early. So the in order to, like, solve it, which I don't know how teams can just tamper and then say, no, we'll fix it on our own. But anyway, the teams just decided to fix it on their own. The Cardinals gave them, I think, a third-round pick for, like, a, li- a, a late fourth and a fifth maybe. Like, I think yeah, it was yeah, something it was like, along right, those just, lines. Just get, it's like, all right, go away. Like, like at yeah, the end we'll, of the day, we'll, it's the we'll same get... value. There's really There really was no, like... It's not like oh you tampered like you're losing something here like they still got like two picks back but yeah I don't know but focusing on Nolan Smith here like either this guy stinks and the Eagles are the only team willing to take a shot on him or the Eagles just got the biggest steal in the draft because everyone thought he was supposed to go in the top like 15 easy yeah it's, it, 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 they're becoming the Georgia Bulldogs slowly it's like they get Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis which are probably the most menacing duo in the SEC in 2021. And then they just get them both in the NFL. Dean also they have four players on which is on what is I think the second best college defense like statistically all time, and they have four of those yeah. players. Yeah, absurd yep. stuff, man. Absurd. How did the Eagles get uh, Howie Roseman? Man, he's he's a good GM. Yeah, no, For the longest time, I thought he was a terrible GM. Like between after the Super Bowl era, um, I just feel like with Wentz and then it was the uh, the the who was the wide receiver uh, Jalen Rager. Yeah, and JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yep, those two yeah. pictures are like this guy can't pick a wide receiver for anything, and then Devontae Smith turns out to be a stud. Yeah, now he's done a pretty and good job as the GM. Yeah, but um, the Lions, the Lions just took Hendon Hooker. If you guys didn't hear, oh wow, what a draft! He man. might be, he might yeah. be older than Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? I think he's twenty five. Hendon Hooker will be twenty five this season. Yeah, his birthday's January, so he'll turn twenty six after this season. Yeah, and so he's, if and he's hurt. Make, he if the Lions make the playoffs, he'll be 26 as a rookie. Yeah, which is insane. But uh, with the whole like Eagles and Howie Roseman, like I talked about, the Packers just having a philosophy of never drafting anyone on offense ever. The Eagles' philosophy, which has been perfect, they have never taken. I think it's a running back, a cornerback, um, a running back, a cornerback maybe like some other position they've just never done it in Howie Roseman's time like he always takes the same positions so so many people thought they were like gonna take Bijan obviously he wasn't there but it seems like that was really never even in question based on mm-hmm. their philosophy and then with the last pick in the first round the Kansas City Chiefs selected Felix and Udike Uzama the D end out of Kansas State I thought maybe they were gonna go offense here I didn't know if they were gonna go into the receiver market at all or just look to add another weapon um, for Patrick Mahomes, or maybe they were going to go running back if Gibbs was here or something. I don't know. They've done it before with the last pick in the first round with uh, Clyde Edwards. But were you guys kind of surprised with the DN here, or if this is, like, nothing too crazy? It's a solid pick. Yeah, no, it's it's not anything really too crazy, but um, they did wind up addressing wide receiver. They, they picked uh, Rashi Rice in the second round today, so they wound up addressing that need regardless. I guess they had their eyes on somebody a little later. Yeah, I mean, I like the pick. You mentioned he's from Kansas State. It's only two hours away from Kansas City, so like you get to somewhat stay local, so that's that's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, so that wraps up basically our reaction to every first-round pick. Um, I'll give like a winner and loser. I won't harp on the um, 
the Lions because I'm sure everybody has them as like a loser in this draft. So like a winner for me is definitely Seattle. I mean, getting Devon Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba there um, with the uh, their two first round picks, I think just is insane. Getting cornerback one and getting wide receiver one, in my opinion, um, is absurd. I would say like, honestly, I'm going to say the Texans are a little bit of a loser. Uh, I'm not saying like this is the worst draft ever. It could go very well for them. They could take two generational players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I just didn't love the Will Anderson trade, and I didn't feel like hating on Detroit because everybody's going to have them as a loser in their first round. I think, am I allowed to say the Titans are winners? Because although it's not a first round pick, but I do think Levis and Skronsky is a, is a great haul. So I'm going to I'm gonna say the Titans are my winner. Um and uh, I I would say uh, yeah I guess because I I said the Lions but like they've had a solid day too so far or I, yeah, I guess Brian right. Branch is saying that for me yeah the, yeah I mean the Steelers could also be it could also be a uh, that is true Steelers have done well because, yeah but I think I think the I'm just gonna say the Packers are a loser because they just, just it's just a just a boring pick <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna leave it at that like I think it's like whatever like same thing as always but yeah. And Dom is yeah. your winner of the uh, and why is it the Arizona Cardinals? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, I think I think my winner probably is going to be the Patriots because they got Christian Gonzalez while accumulating more picks. So I think when you combine those two factors, I think that that really was a good draft for them. Like if they think everyone thought Christian Gonzalez was supposed to be a top pick, and if they think he's their guy, they were able to get more picks. That sounds like a win to me. Um, yeah, obviously, I think the Lions had a very bad draft, but I won't. I won't go into that too much because, I, like Matt said, everyone's everyone's probably going to be uh, jumping at them for that. Um, the one pick that I really, I mean, that I really just don't understand, and I know Matt's going to say something about this one, but I just don't get the Jets taking Will McDonald. Like, I really thought if Broderick Jones was their guy and they didn't like him, they should have just traded back to get more picks or they should have, I think got another wide receiver and just have an insane offense. I just don't think they needed an, an edge rusher at 15. Yeah. I wonder if they could have gotten the Aaron Rodgers trade done without swapping the first round picks. Cause then they would have ended up with Broderick Jones, um, where the Packers took Van Ness. Well, the Steelers may have, uh, they may have tried to jump him again because it was Detroit at 12 and then yeah, without that, giving Detroit the... back-to-back picks. That would have been yeah, interesting. Yeah, would've. Cuz the Steelers may have been like, "No, we want to jump the Jets no matter what." Yeah, <laughs> and Belichick was probably very happy to screw over the Jets. Yeah. So, uh that will wrap up us kind of just reacting to the first round of the NFL draft. We're going to have um grades for every first round selection basically up on the YouTube channel, so you can make sure to check those out there. And yeah, thank you guys for all listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do enjoy the podcast, we'd appreciate uh leaving a five-star review um and a or or five-star rating and a review as well if you can. So, yeah, we appreciate that a lot, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.